Like a bull in a china shop, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that can't be bothered when Garage Squad is on. He knows that the word amazing can also mean bad. Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of the Medicare for the Handyman podcast. Medicare for the Handyman, where did that come in? No, no. <laughs> oh, sorry, Randy. Randy uh, had a grabber there. I hope he doesn't I just, need I just about. I just about had a stroke. Well, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Am I on the wrong contest? <laughs> if, I see, if I see your empty chair and your body laying on the floor, I'm going to know I probably caused it. Medicare for the lazy man. There's nothing handy about that lazy man. Uh, this is the approach to Medicare fear and trepidation that will solve the problems provide the answers and provide a beautiful, happy, and smooth future for anyone crossing that line. That line lies between Obamacare and Medicare. And uh, when Americans approach Medicare, like I said, often trepidatious, I can provide the knowledge they need in a simplified format that will allow them to take full advantage of the Medicare opportunity that lies just beyond their grasp and uh, will allow them to sally forth into the future happily and uh, heartily, heartily and happily. Okay. You know, I should probably write this stuff down before I lay it on the audience. But in any event, why do we have a podcast? Because I thought of a an idea for a book years ago. And I, I had the idea for a long time, but I didn't have the opportunity or the motivation to write the book until a, a singular event occurred in my life. And that event was that I met Randy Carson and his lovely bride. And uh, they said, Hey, we'd like to work with you in setting up a website and maybe doing a little marketing. And I said, that's fantastic. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I have all these ideas about how to help people that are approaching Medicare. And they said, fantastic. Sign this contract right here. They had a multi-page legal contract that scared the bejesus out of me. I signed in all the places I initialed everywhere they told me to. And then they said, Oh, by the way, we're going to Ireland for a month. So we'll see you when we get back. I suddenly found myself contractually, uh, I couldn't do a darn thing without their presence in the United States. And so that's when I sat down and wrote the book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. Every year, I update it to reflect current uh, situations having to do with health insurance and having to do with the legal um squeeze that the federal government puts on Medicare. All the numbers change, the uh, out-of-pocket costs change, the deductibles change, the premiums change. And so every year I put out a revision of the book, which is great for Amazon because they go back to zero. So when you see my book on Amazon with very few reviews, you'll know that it's a brand new edition. They took away all of my reviews and uh, people just aren't as inclined to review a brand new book until they've read it. And then they say, hey, I'm going to send an email to this guy. They never think about going back to review the book, but it is very helpful. If you buy the book and then you think it's been helpful for you, please review it. That will be helpful for other people looking for it down the line. But I digress. 
Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. The book you're looking for is Medicare for the Lazy Man, and it has the green numbers 2022 on the cover. Now, if you go to Amazon, you're going to find a paperback. You're going to find a hardcover book, which is for you high rollers out there. You're going to find a uh, Kindle version, which is really inexpensive. And you're going to find a an audible version in which I will read the book for you. If you're too lazy even to move your eyeballs back and forth while you're reading the book, then I've got that problem solved for you by the Kindle, or excuse me, the audible version of the book. And I will move my eyeballs on your behalf. So anyway, what we do now is we often call Randy in to the inner sanctum and ask him to uh, make a contribution to allow me to take a sip of hot tea. Randy, would you like to join us? I would. And thank you for inviting me. I always enjoy this because, you know, twice a week I get to spend some time with Doug in the studio recording Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And I really do enjoy it because it's uh, valuable information. I didn't know a darn thing about Medicare before I met Doug, and I still don't know a lot, but I know some things that you really do want to do and some things you really don't want to do. And the things you really do want to do is buy a copy of Doug's book because the feedback that we get is, boy, I'll tell you, is it this easy? Yeah, well, it is. Read Doug's book. It is that easy. You know, back in the day, they always used to say, well, if it's this easy, there must be a catch. Well, if you read Doug's book, it is that easy and there is no catch. So just trust me. I was born and raised on a ranch back in Nebraska, and I don't want to pull your leg because it doesn't do any good in this particular case. But, yeah, it's uh, I enjoy the heck out of doing this with Doug. And uh, I just get to play, you know, a studio uh production assistant, I guess, is a, a, a term, a podcast technician, whatever the case, what you want to call it. But yeah, it's it's awesome information. Don't pass up on the chance to go take a look at it, buy a book, get the audio, get a Kindle, do something. Just don't let the opportunity pass by. Well, thank you for that, Randy. I think that's accurate. And uh, it, it was inspired by one of my esteemed colleagues who a few weeks ago um, asked me if it really could be that simple. What am I missing? And I was able to tell him, hey, it is that simple. You're not missing a thing. He had read the book and he he questioned himself. He, this seems too good to be true. But enough, enough of that. Uh, in the spirit of talking about uh, conversing with clientele, I was trying to do a little house cleaning before the podcast and I grabbed a handful of papers and several uh, several issues came up I hate the word issues now that the libs have taken it over, but basically I wanted to clean up some loose ends. Um, one of my esteemed clients, one of my newer clients is a dentist in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, now this guy and his wife have both become clients and I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, Randy and I have occasionally talked about beer, uh, very infrequent because we're both almost teetotalers. We'll have a, a little sip occasionally with our little fingers in the air. But uh, if it's not Guinness, then, uh, you know, it's something that Randy isn't really that interested in. But uh, this dentist, it turns out, has been listening to the podcast, I think, for quite some time. And uh, when the time came for him to pull the trigger on Medicare, of course, I am the guy he thought of. And so... At the end of our Medicare uh, conversations, which, uh, you know, involved 
sending him some documents to sign and explaining a few things that he didn't quite understand and then uh, sending him legal documents that the government wants me to send out to him and all that stuff. But once we got all that out of the way, then he mentioned uh, some, I guess he grew up in Michigan, uh, probably in a better place now living in Florida, but he um, mentioned a beer that I had seen in the Midwest and uh, it was uh, at a bar in his local area in Michigan. He And he didn't give me the benefit of, of explaining this until I asked him about it. But he said, it's tins. At tins, we had this, this beer. And um, it was called Carling's Black Label. And I, if I recall, there was like a theme song. Randy's nodding his head. He's very, his, I think I see a little bit of drool dripping. Wipe your mouth off, will you, Randy? Uh, Carling's Black Label. I think there was a song for the advertising that said, Hey, Mabel, Black Label. And um, what, what this dentist uh, in Fort Lauderdale told me was that at their local bar, uh, which was Martin's, and he just called it Tins, uh, at Martin's Bar, they had a green label version and the explanation there was that when the skunks drank black label uh, the green label version was all that was left over and so therefore obviously it wasn't uh, high on the list of anybody's uh, choice of beer i also i believe this occurred in hillsdale michigan possibly the home of hillsdale college where everybody's kids should go if they want a great college education, it's one of the few that you can say it's going to be uh, a very conservative uh, education. Um, and then also, I was going to say, I, I made a note. I have a little piece of note paper from a Hampton Inn, and I have the uh, my honeymoon hotel in Lauderdale by the sea, have, uh, talking to this dentist back and forth in uh, Fort Lauderdale, I was reminded that I had my honeymoon uh, a week in uh, Lauderdale by the sea on A1A, and uh, I stayed at the Driftwood Club Apartments, and this was a long, long time ago. The reason I stayed there was my father gave me a free week there, mostly because he wanted to investigate it for possible purchase and i think that made the whole week that he paid for deductible uh he was nobody's dummy uh so anyway then um uh, i further in my note i'm reminded of what i've told uh, randy several times when i was in college in tucson arizona i discovered a walgreens store that <clears throat> was on my way from my last class to my home stopped off and back in those days you could buy beer in a grocery store in arizona and i found this walgreens a, a beer manager or the the manager of that part of the store that loved to get oddball beers and every week when i went in there there was some kind of beer that nobody ever heard of that was 60 to 70 maybe 80 cents a six pack and i would stock up on this stuff for the weekend and learn to like it there was only one beer that I could not learn to like, and I could not palm off on my friends who always came over to uh, enjoy the cheap beer with me. And that was a beer called White Label. And it looked just like what you would say with generic beer. Instead of saying beer, it said White Label. That's about all it said. No idea where it was uh, brewed or anything else. I think that fact was what inspired this dentist to share his experience with Carling's Black Label Beer uh, from Hillsdale, Michigan. So anyway, I had that. Those are loose ends that I wanted to 
deal with the, and I know that this, uh, this gentleman listens to the podcast. So eventually he's going to recognize himself. A few other things, uh, Steve, our favorite correspondent, Steve, uh, <clears throat> he and I have been going back and forth. I am not a claims expert, but he has been going to see a medical practice doctors in a particular medical practice for a long time. And when he had Obamacare, they knew what his uh, copay was going to be. So every time he showed up at their office, they billed him a certain amount. He pulled money out of his pocket or wrote him a check or whatever. And, um, he, when he went over to Medicare, he kept doing that same thing. And then he said, you know, when am I going to get my money back from Medicare? And I said, what money are you going to get back? Now, remember, I'm not a claims expert, but Steve said, I keep giving money to my doctor's office and don't they, doesn't somebody owe me some money? And I said, well, you know, you better get it back from the doctor because good luck getting it from the government. They don't really uh, cough up anything without a fight. Somehow, Steve and I went back and forth about that subject several times for about a couple of months, I guess. And uh, finally, I said something that Steve said, hey, you're right. And I like it when people say I'm right. So I was going to hang on to that. Um, and he told me that the government, he called the government and they said, I'm going to give you a check or I will, I'm going to push a button that will cause the government, Medicare in, in this case, to send you a refund check. And so he did that, and he waited and waited and waited and waited for that check every day. He ran to the mailbox like I do, looking for correspondence from uh, potential clients. And so this morning, I got an email from him that said, uh, Hi, I told you that when I did an online chat with Medicare, they told me a check was mailed to me on July 21st. He said, I'm still not receiving it. I called them. I had to be transferred to someone else because the first person didn't or couldn't find out what I was talking about. The second person checked and said that the check was mailed to me August 1st, not July 21st. And she had no idea why somebody would tell me July 21st. And Steve says, I think they are hoping we will die before I can cash it. So there's a guy who has a pretty cynical view of the uh, Medicare bureaucracy, and I kind of don't blame him. But I wanted to let Steve know on our podcast that I know he listens to that uh, even though I may not answer every single uh, <clears throat> every single piece of correspondence that I get from him, if it doesn't demand an answer and I'm really busy, then I have to uh, you know spend my time with the people that need help the most. But I want Steve to know that I pay attention to everything he sends. So then I have a piece of correspondence from another person named Steve. I don't think this is my our good friend, Steve. Uh, oh, God, it is. It is. So <laughs> let's see here. Earlier this year, I get a letter from United American. That's the company that I put Steve with. Raising my premiums. He's upset because his premiums went up because of inflation, saying that this is separate from the attained age premium adjustment. And we do live in inflationary times, ladies and gentlemen, but Steve was wise enough from the options I presented him to select the most cost effective and the, the company with the most uh, rate stability in the Medicare supplement marketplace. He, I said, I recommend this because uh, it'll have uh, stable rates going forward to the extent that that's possible in an inflationary 
society uh, or economy. And uh, he took my advice. So he said earlier this year, I got a letter from that company, United American, raising my premiums because of inflation, saying that this is a separate issue from the attained age premium adjustment. And he said, today I got a letter increasing it because of my age, saying this will go on until I turn 81. Just how many times a year does this happen? Well, I'm trying to defend a company that I believe does the best job of any insurance company in uh, keeping rates stable and low. One And two ways they do that, they don't advertise. They don't spend a lot of money advertising. You'll see insurance company advertising all over the place, but not this company. Secondly, they take it out of my commission. My commission is structured with this company in such a way that um, it will remain level from the first day uh, that you buy the product until the day that you uh, end your life on this mortal coil. And the reason for that is all other companies, as they raise your rates, time goes by and they increase the premium you have to pay. They also increase the commission that they pay to the insurance agent. This company will not. I, the first check I get from them is going to be exactly the same as the last check I got from them, even though you might have to pay more because of inflation or because of advancing age. So uh, then I said to Steve, hi, Steve, I'm no actuary, but I remain convinced that United American works hard to keep a lid on rate increases, and they have been extraordinarily successful at it over the years. Attached is one rate table for your area of Texas that was instituted sometime earlier in 2022. Your age 65 premium, according to my records, was $40 a month. The age 65 premium right now is $39 a month. Furthermore, there will be age-related increases each year until age 80. According to the attached rate sheet, the age-related rate will be capped at $85 a month. 15 years after the age issue, uh, the age 65 issue date, which had a rate of $39. The company will also be able to increase rates due to medical inflation or claim losses whenever necessary, although they have a pretty good record of success in keeping a lid on that type of upward pressure. Also attached is a historic rate comparison of the changes in Plan F versus high deductible Plan F over the uh, eight years between 2010 and 2018. Now, there is no difference in the benefits between high deductible plan F and the current product high deductible plan G. According to the attached historical rate comparison between 2010 and 2018, plan F rates increased by 5%, uh, excuse me, by a half a percent uh, compounded every year, while the high deductible plan F rate was decreased by the much larger amount of 6.9%. Now, that's the closest we can get to measuring the historical behavior of the current Plan G and the current high deductible G is to look back and see what happened over time with the old Plan F and the old high deductible Plan F. And I closed my letter to Steve by saying, as I said, I'm not an actuary, but I remain confident that any rate increases you are going to see from United American in the future will have been done reluctantly and as infrequently as possible. 
And I still believe that to be true, but I wanted Steve to, I wanted to restate it for Steve and for everybody else, because it's important to have confidence in your insurance company. In fact, I just spoke to my, an old friend of mine today in Illinois, and uh, he found out that he could save money on his um, drug plan. And so I switched him to a drug plan that's much more cost effective for him and for his wife. And then I said, by the way, I have a Medicare supplement company that can offer you similar savings. And this guy said, hey, I want that and I want it now. You never know when I'm going to be too sick to change from one insurance company to another. And it's just uh, uh, better to take advantage of these opportunities while I can. And so uh, that's what I'm going to be doing when I get off the air today. I'm going to be preparing the documents for my friend my old-time high school friend, to switch him and his wife to a uh, United American Medicare supplement, and I think he's going to be better off economically for it. So uh, then I got a, uh, a message from a new client, and he said, um, uh, let's see, said, he said, since my wife turned, let's see, da, 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 da. oh, okay, uh, this is a... Um, client that whose wife actually is older than he is and so she signed up for medicare through me and um, he wrote me and said hello doug thank you for your updates here i really enjoy the info uh he was referring to the uh, podcast he likes listens to the podcast and uh it's the medicare for the lazy man podcast in case you forgot what you were listening to he said thanks for your updates here i really enjoy the info i'm a new member and he explains who he was in case I didn't remember. He said, you helped me earlier this year get my wife signed up for Medicare, and the help was invaluable. Can you please answer a quick question? Since my wife turned 65 a few months ago, we've started getting an avalanche of telemarketing calls. We used to get three or four a week from various sources. Now we get eight to 10 a day trying to sell us senior products like life insurance, Part C plans, funeral services, and stuff like that. Some calls are within minutes of each other, and some start as early as 6 a.m. When these companies, uh, where are these companies getting our age information, and is there any way to stop these infernal calls? And then he says in parentheses, surely Medicare is selling their databases to ad companies? Question mark, question mark. Uh, so he asked me a question. I could not ignore his question, uh, had to address it. And I'm going to ask Randy if he has an opinion. Once I finish uh, reading the answer I sent to uh, this gentleman, uh, I said, I feel your pain. I get at least that many calls every day on my phone, but many of them are labeled with the warning spam risk or telemarketer. So I feel good ignoring the incessant ringing. That's obviously my cell phone that has those labels. My uh, landline is not that smart. Anyway, I went on to say to him, this morning I have spent more time than you can imagine on the telephone with Hilton Hotels. My account was hacked and something like 200,000 points were pilfered from my Hilton Honors account. And so I'm sorry to say that I have no solution for you, but I will be using this as podcast content and it is remotely possible that Randy will have a better answer than I have been able to offer. Thanks for writing. So, Randy, I offer you the opportunity right now to uh, address this guy's complaint about the incessant telephone calls. Well, I do. I do. There's a couple. I mean, there's 
really no way to hide in today's world there's really no way to hide your age from the rest of the world but in terms of securing your existence in your social media accounts as well as your hilton honors accounts and whatever you know whatever other accounts you have is i am somewhat expert in this area and i would certainly suggest that anybody out there listening to this podcast invoke a higher level of security on their logins your bank accounts your your credit accounts all those accounts there's a thing called second factor authentication and basically what that means is that if your uh, credentials to log into that website get get stolen or pilfered or whatever you want to call it there's another factor that will stop them from getting into your account before the damage is done, and that's called second factor. And what that is is a little application that you can load onto your smartphone to give you a key. So let's say you were logging into your Facebook account or whatever have you. It will come After you log in, it says, hey, my name's Joe Dokes, and uh, here you go. There's another key you got to put in first or secondly before you get in. For some reason, I'm not hearing you at all, Doug. I can't hear you. I had my cough button set. I oh. apologize. It was my oh, fault. Okay. I've been yelling. <laughs> well, what? What? What are you talking? I, I can't hear you, Doug. You were, you were talking about Facebook, and I was going to say protest that I'm not a teenage girl, and that's why the Facebook problem is not as uh, uh, important to me as some other security problems like this. Well, I. Thing. I I think the Hilton Honors account, I think yeah. your bank accounts, your credit accounts, all your your all of those types of accounts, if and it's free, it's not like it's going to cost anything. Go out and invoke your second factor authentication. As a matter of fact, I mean, we have to maintain presence on those kind of platforms because of the nature of our business. But Margaret, my wife, just got hacked into three days ago. So it's for some reason the the hackers are out and they're active and bottom line is what they're really after is the bottom line what they're trying to accomplish is to gather enough information on you personally to open up credit accounts on your behalf you didn't know about and steal your identity that's yeah. what they're after that's what they're after Boy, that's disgusting because every time we add another layer of security we're adding more time to our daily activities and yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't equate to it's it's defense it's not offense we're not making more money we're defending ourselves against those who would steal our money and um, i'll tell you this two-factor authentication i've shied away from it for a long time i've got one insurance company that makes it relatively easy when i try to log into their website they send me a code so if i have my cell phone there i can read the code that they send me and that confirms the fact that at least somebody has somebody that's supposed to have authorization to get on the account has my telephone. Now they right. can come to my house and kill me and take my phone and then log into this insurance company's website. But that seems a little extreme. They'd rather go to somebody else with a, an easily hacked password probably. And well, the other thing I was going to, and again, this is coming from the security expert standpoint, but People won't spend any more time trying to hack into your life than they perceive the value add. Right. So uh, if it if you look like somebody that's going to have a lot of uh, financial resources, like somebody with a Hilton Honors account, you know that's filled up to the roof, 
that's a primary target because they can they can get something there. But uh, bottom line is I wouldn't spend any more time securing yourself than what you believe your ad your value would be to the outside world. But definitely your identity is valuable. Well, in this case, I can tell you where the points went. The security people at Hilton told me exactly where these people stayed and how many nights they stayed, how many rooms they had, in which places in California they stayed, and how many points they spent on each night. And I'm thinking, boy, I could have had a lot more fun <laughs> with, than they did. So I hope I hope sincerely that they refunded your points, right? They because promised other, to. They, they promised, promised to. to ref- and, and now are they going to make you do second factor? Or how did they're, they're going to no, make you? They're going to make uh, me pat my tummy and rub my head at the same time okay. every time I call in. So once we get off the line here, because I'm certainly not going to tell anybody that doesn't already know how to hack into an account, how to do it. But I am curious as to how they got to you. I don't know. I have a password that may be identifiable if somebody knows me well, but it's not the word password. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not one, two, three, four. And so. My account has never been hacked, and I've had it for 20 years. So it's just one of these things where finally somebody had the free time or the uh, tools to discover how to get into it. No, it's and bottom line is it's it's just a fact of life nowadays is people trying to hack into your stuff. So obviously being in the business I am, I've got second factor turned on on everything. I, I mean, literally, I some days I take a. 15 minutes to get into my own stuff. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing that surprised me. I always expect these to be Eastern Europeans or Nigerians coming from China, you know, or some poor part of the world. I did not expect somebody in California to be taking my points and then go uh, traipsing off to hotel vacations. So I have no idea uh, what, that these are, you know, located in my own country and they speak my lingo. Most well, even even back in the day when Margaret and I used to vacation in California quite a bit, back before there was so much of a focus on electronic transactions and they uh-huh. would actually, you know, run your card through an imprinting machine and you'd come back and you'd sign the sales draft and you got one copy and the merchant got one copy. Sure. Without a doubt, and I'm not criticizing California, but every time we were hacked, in that mechanism, someone at the restaurant took our number to use it elsewhere. Yeah. We were, we were in California. Okay. Well, here's the other thing, too. Uh, when I was in college in Tucson, I worked at a Texaco station. And one time a guy came in. It was really busy. gave me his Texaco card, and I ran it through the imprinter. He signed the receipt, took his receipt. I put uh, the hard copy in the drawer, and I was told by the owner of the station the next day that this guy had a, a card that somebody had ironed. So he'd taken an iron, warmed it up so that the plastic was a little on the soft side and then run it over the numbers on his card so that it was a physical imprint back in those days and it wouldn't read on the carbon copy. Yeah. Yeah. And so therefore this guy was getting free gas every time he went to a Texaco station until somebody actually took the time to feel the card. And I wish I had known that. Uh, of course, a, a tank of gas for this guy was probably uh, eight bucks or so, but uh, eight bucks was more then than it is now. We're living in inflationary times. I want to remind all of my clients, you're going to get rate increases periodically. It's the nature of the beast. Absolutely. Well, you know, we have uh, 
probably about five. Well, we actually don't have five minutes, but I'm going to take a few minutes to wrap up. I think this has been a great discussion today, as always. But there's a couple things I always like to mention. Doug loves email. Send him email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. His paperback, Medicare for the Lazy Man, the easiest and simplest guide ever for 2022, the green 2022, that's available on Amazon. The audio version is available and the Kindle version is available. So I want you guys on the podcast today to think of, I mean, each of these different media that he his book is available is very very cost effective and you're going to probably save many many times the cost of that in going forward if you pay attention to his advice so i think i don't look at that as as buying as a book i look at it as investing in a book investing in your education so ultimately go out there and get that and in the meantime doug is going to wait for your email I'll be standing at the computer waiting with my catcher's mitt. <laughs> right, exactly. So in the you have just spent, uh, you know, all the conferences this afternoon or morning or evening or what have you, wherever you are, you have spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy, originally from Oklahoma, now living in his fortress of solitude up in the high mountain resort behind Cave Creek, Arizona. Bye-bye. <laughs>